Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Houston Element Podcast. My name is Missy, and I'm your host. And today, I have the lovely pleasure to invite another local artist from the Houston area. They're not of your typical rap, Scrooston persuasion, but you still should give them a good listen. They have quite a big following on Spotify and SoundCloud and other platforms. We have the group Music for Sad People. Uh, thank you for having me on. It's a pleasure. <laughs> well, thank you for joining us. And it was a pleasure to have someone from your background reach out to us. I mean, I've been listening to your recent album, Self-Titled, and wow. <laughs> uh, thank you so much. Uh, it was definitely, uh, definitely kind of like chaotic trying to put everything together. And um, I'm just really happy it's out there. Of course, it's not perfect um, the way I want it to be, but... Uh, it's out there, and uh, I, I I can't stop listening to it, but I'm a narcissist, so. <laughs> well, you know, uh, I have two perspectives, because before I was an audio engineer, I was just a big, you know, music head. You know, I just love going to live shows. It didn't matter. I've seen Lady Gaga. I've seen Bone Thugs in Harmony. I've seen Guar. No, excuse me, not Guar. Gojira. I'm sorry, <laughs> metalheads. Don't be mad at me. But, you know, I've seen everything, you know, so I could feel, you know, your passion behind the vocals, and I could appreciate the engineering that was spent, you know, you went to Wire Road Studio, yes. I understand? Uh, yes. Um, the engineer I had um, and my friend, uh, Jonathan Jeffers, uh, was interning there and he was able to get our foot in the door. Um, right when you walk in, like Beyonce's platinum album's hanging up right there. And it's like, you're reflecting, it's like, it's like, oh my goodness, like the queen is here. And then you turn left, you see this wall of amazing artists and shows like Stranger Things, Phineas and Ferb, uh, Lego Movie. It was just like, I'm I'm here, like I'm me. But yeah, it was, it, yeah, it was crazy. I mean, but uh, that just shows, and for y'all that don't know, that are listening from outside of Houston, Wire Road Studio is a staple of Houston uh, recording studios. Great place to go, great vibes, great quality. But uh, the quality of the album, you know, I could tell, I was like, you were spending the time to make sure that everything was as close to what you were envisioning the album to be, which, which I appreciated. Uh, thank you. And um, I, re I just remember like uh, like the first single we put out, uh, which was in late August. So we're not even a full year of being music for sad people. Uh, th that version to the album version and w me and my, uh, my engineer, we were both like, yeah, we can do better on this. Like it sounds more like a live version, but the fact that we're already kind of wanting to do more and already have in, in minds for a deluxe and all that like he i mean we were up until 3 a.m day of release mixing and him and i were going back and forth facetiming each other i'm at my house he's at his and we were just like it was like chaotic and i remember like when we finally got everything uploaded at 3 a.m it was like okay time for the time for the whiskey pretty much and just relax so yeah like, uh, listening to the album, um, one of your popular songs is Big Loud, mm -hmm. and you had two versions of that. One that you released a year ago, is uh, that correct? You're close to a year ago, yeah. Uh, late August will be the first year. Okay, yeah. And then you have your most recent one that you released with your new album that mm -hmm. you released called Self-Titled. And that song, you know, that gives like a more, uh, I don't want to say upbeat, but you know, it gives a more orange-yellow aura vibe. No, yeah, you know? yeah, I totally get it, and like I really wanted like a West Coast beachy guitar feel, um, and like what was weird is like when people hear music for sad people are like, oh man, I'm gonna listen to like 
sad EDM music or lo-fi. Um, Big Loud is about mundane and everyday relationships. That's just like, I'm not going to listen to you. You're going to be loud. I'm going to be loud. We're not going to get along. So it's it's the Big Loud. And I, what was funny is, again, it's about personal experience. Ever All the songs are about me. That was like one of my exes that was just constantly yelling and screaming at me. And I'm just like, me and my uh, my my brother, we were just like, man, she's just being big loud right now. I need her to be small, quiet. Just be small, quiet. And that was kind of the origin. I'm just like, big loud. I'm like, that's a song right there. That's brilliant. I like that. I like that. Like, uh, all the whole album, like, I just really felt, you know, the passion behind it, you know. Some albums, you can tell it was just because the lights were about to go off. But this album, <laughs> I was like, no, this is, I'm, here are my feelings, like, Everything, my existence, my world right here. And I appreciate that, you know? <laughs> no, thank you. And that, that, that's really, like, really nice to hear that someone, like, paid that much attention uh, to it. Um, and again, like, it's only 10 songs. And it was like, how can I make this feel like me? Like, normally when it comes to bands or musicians, it takes a couple albums for you to know who they are. And I feel like I did a good job projecting who I was on this record. Yeah, and I, I felt the diversity in it. Like in your song Drive, you know, it had a more blue, purple kind of vibe aura to me. You know, like if in the studio, just like, just feeling just the moment right there kind of thing. You know, I really appreciated that. Uh, thank you. Um, yeah, and the Drive, again, uh, another song about me was just, that was actually the relationship or like little like lust affair I had after the ex of Big Loud. Um, and it was just like, living in the moment, being loud, and it's like wanting to go of these lustful feelings and just hone in on it. And like, you have nothing in common with the person. You just want to go on the drive. And I remember just like when we were recording everything and when we are doing the scratch vocals, I just wanted to hit this just aggressive scream at the end before just having a chaotic breakdown. And when I hit it, it was just like, that was it. Because we didn't know if we wanted a high note or just like maybe just having a, an echo effect with the guitars kind of revving up. But in, when I just hit it, it was just like everyone in the room was like, yeah, that was it. Awesome. Awesome. And uh, so about the logo and the name. So what was inspiration behind the name? And I noticed you have like a slashes that is a part of the name spelling. Yes. Um, so the name Music for Sad People. uh it's weird because, you know, I listen to bands like uh, the 1975 Lanny who really are about like expressing themselves. And, you know, like a lot of guys growing up, like if you're like, you know, if we have listeners that are like 12, 13, 14. If you make if you go and make music, you think like, man, I'm going to get all these girls and all this. But then it's like when you show them the songs and your ideas, it's like, yeah, you make songs for people who cry after sex. And I got told that several times. My uh, goodness. And I'm just like. And originally, the name was going to be YFFB. Am I am I allowed to curse on here? Yes, of course. Um, it was it stood for your favorite fucking band, and it was going to be very chaotic. <laughs> and then we were writing. I came up with the name "Music for Sad People," and then it's like when I said it out loud, it's like a whole different envisionment. It's like I wanted to be a rock star, but the reason why I wanted to be in music is because certain lyrics saved my life, and it was like. Kind of like a whole, like, if I can help somebody with the lyrics or just someone that's growing up right now, just one person, it's done its job. And so it was music for sad people with a little, you know, for ac acronym and all that. Um, and then uh, a close buddy of mine uh, 
went through a real bad time and he starts uh, cutting and it was just like, you know, I sent him a song, Wish I Could, which is again, is about me. And he took inspiration and then we know he got the tattooed and the slash is just like, that's what, this is the people that need it. So the slashes represent people who self-harm, who think they have no way out. And when we were writing the logo and trying to draw it up, um, my lovely manager and graphic designer, just everything, just one, she, uh, I mean, we were just thinking like, okay, what are some bands that actually try to help people? And one of them was My Chemical Romance. And we're like, okay. And like, we started messing around, like, okay, like they have a scratchy logo, but it's recognizable. They have like a million logos, but we just started rough sketching and it eventually just kept warping. It's like the slash is perfectly flowed with everything. And, you know, and it's, it's an indie record. So having a scratchy indie vibe, it's like, I wanted something that people can get tattooed on. I'm like, Hey, when did you discover music for tab, uh, sad people? And I can look and see that they got that tattooed on them. I know where they've been or that's what they were feeling. And I can kind of see the journey that they've gone on as well. So. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. I agree. I have a Nirvana and a Rammstein tattoo. And some people told me before, like, no, get a band tattooed on you. And I'm like, you don't understand. Like that was a memory. That was a special feeling that I had because of this music. It's not about because I know them personally. I have, Obviously, I don't. I just know how they made me feel with their music. Yeah. And that's something I want to remember for the rest of my life. So. <laughs> no, I love tattoos. Even though I have lack thereof, I do want to eventually get them. And again, you know, music helped save me. And I remember the song that I was just like, it's called um, Always Want to Die Sometimes by the 1975. And it was like, just the name was just like, yeah, that that's it. That's that's me. That's how I feel. And having that Harika moment, and I was just like, you know, after like realizing that I felt, you know, just totally okay. And it was weird to say I felt okay for once. So Oh, and I mean, yeah, it's it, you know, music isn't just black and white. If they say something like, Oh, I feel like dying, it doesn't necessarily mean that it's something morbid, you know. Mm -hmm. Everybody has their own interpretation of it. And uh so you know, I listen to foreign music. I don't know what the heck they're saying. <laughs> I, I roll the dice and hope that they're not talking about anything terrible. But, you know, it's all about what it makes you feel. So, and what started your music journey in the beginning? Like, what got you into just starting to write and sing and um, produce music? Well, I see, I grew up a basketball player and I was the type of basketball player that got hurt a lot. Um, head injuries, leg injuries, knee injuries, back injuries, and so on and so forth. And I mean, basketball wasn't always there. Uh, you know, when you're traveling, you're nine hours, 16 hours, four hours. Music was there. So always like, since I was like 12, I'd write lyrics. And of course it was more or less slam poetry. I didn't nothing about pars or progression or anything like that. And when I really started wanting to take it seriously, I think it was probably around the time Bohemian Rhapsody came out. And I watched that movie, I'm like, just do it. Just go for it. There's no, like, I'm watching a band and I wanted a band and it was just so hard trying to find people that are just so, because I'm writing music. It They have to kind of just fall in and it's hard for someone else to be passionate about that. And, you know, uh, I, lo I got out of a really long time relationship and I felt down and beat. And that's when I met my, uh, my buddy, Jonathan Jeffers, who's 
you know, engineers everything, helps me find musicians. He's he's phenomenal. Um, when him and I sat down, he's like, man, so what makes you you? And I'm just like, I want to do this, but I just, man, like out of everything, all, all the other people I've helped out, I don't know how to help myself or make something for me. And probably that was around uh, 2020 is when we kind of started getting things going. And I mean, we scrapped multiple versions of Big Cloud. We couldn't get it right. I was working with another guy as well who's very flaky. Um, not not going to say his name, not going to do that. But when he dropped out of the project officially, it was like we were at square one, but we knew the idea. We got the ball rolling, and then within three months, got, I think it was like four or five demos out, found an actual great guitarist, found a great drummer who would do the project. We got it out. We were mixing, and then when I got it, I hated it. <laughs> when oh, no. We finished it. I'm like, man, it's, and I thought I was crazy. I'm like, man, this isn't the song. I, I don't know. How, I didn't know how to articulate that. Um, thankfully, due to my lovely, lovely manager, well, now manager, uh, she's like, you're going to put it out. I'm going to force you. I will put a gun to your head. And, you know, we sat down and we set up the SoundCloud. We had a rough idea of the logo at the time. We had no photos of me. We had, we really had nothing. And we hit it. Uh, we tagged generic tags on SoundCloud. And when we hit send, I went to sleep. I'm like, man, I'll probably get 10 views. I sent it to people that I knew. And I'm just, you know, as a musician, you kind of know who your people are. Cause you know, when you send it and then you get that meeting, like, Hey, I listen to it. And I like, it, and you see that you're like, okay, cool. And then you have the people like, okay, cool. This, this might be some, I'll check it out later. Remind me. And it's like, okay, 1,500 was overnight. And I remember like going to work and I'm like, holy crap i'm like i'm showing everyone at my job I'm like oh dude it's at 2000 now i was freaking out and having that feeling was like wow people are actually liking this but this isn't the version i want to release so it's like okay what happens if i can get closer to that and now with the album version of big loud which again it still sounds like a live mix we're already in the midst of doing a a deluxe album but now when people listen to it, something you can dance to even more has a groove and it's just, you just want to scream, what's that sound? <laughs> yes, yes. I can dig it, man. I can dig it, man. So you mentioned before that the purpose of you putting out your music is to help save lives. So can you elaborate on that? Um, My objective is like, how can I say this? Like Logic, when he came out with his um, Suicide Hotline song, he went into the intention to save people and he did that. And I knew the words that I could have used earlier on, but thankfully they didn't come too late. I'm not making music to go to some bar and pick up people and be like, hey, this is what I do. I'm making it for the generation that's coming behind me because they need it most of all. I didn't grow up with how social media is now where you mess up, you're a viral video on TikTok. You know, I... And I know I was a fool <laughs> growing up. And if I would have had the cameras on me like that, I probably wouldn't be mentally sane. Um, so, and then just putting the pressures of that with real life as well. Like I remember growing up, like every relationship I got broken up with, it's like, no, that was it. My life is ruined. And you know, you're, you're down and beat up. And so when I wrote, when I write a breakup song, I'm right in the mind with 
this isn't for me. This is therapy for me, but this isn't for even my generation. This is for the people that are coming up behind me who may need to hear it, you know, may dress different. You know, like I was the basketball player that had bangs and listened to rock music, you know? So I was already an outcast on my basketball team. Um, and, and yeah, like, like I had people come up to me recently and, uh, one of my close friends got one of the songs tattooed on him and that was awesome. Wow. That's, that's, that's dedication. And I can really respect that. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> that's awesome. And I like, and that's the kind of people you need to keep around you. The people that are going to support you no matter what. Yeah, most definitely. And so you have a concert coming up here in <laughs> yeah. June 10th. Yes. So what can we expect from that? How are you feeling about um, that? Oh, man, I am wanting to throw up profusely. I'm wanting to <laughs> celebrate. I'm wanting to tell everybody that I've just met. Um, so this is like, I've done little rock shows before. I've played at bars. I have done the uh, you get tips thing. So it being an actual concert, it was hard for people that knew me who have heard about me wanting to do music for so long. It was like, wait, this is your show? Um, so like, I'm orchestrating everything. So I found these two great acts, uh, Aubrey and Stereocult, which Stereocult just had an album release as well. Um, they've been in the local scene forever and doing small shows and I vibe with their music. I know like, cause people, when they listen to something that isn't well, like polished, they don't get the idea of like, you don't understand how hard it is just to get that. So it was kind of like, Hey, I've gotten lucky and gotten a chance to share mine. I want to get together a show. Do y'all want to come on? Um, and of course they said yes. And, you know, trying to get people to the show. Cause again, like I have really like a foreign fan base and trying to get local people. They have local people. Um, and so that's why we're like, you know what? $10 tickets, like, um, which by the way, it's at a mall, which is kind of crazy to think like, okay, it's not even a music venue, but the place who, um, is hosting it, game guys entertainment, they bought out four or five storefronts and I knew them. And like when big loud first came out, that's when we started talking about it. And it was like, Hey, we're going to do this room and it's super small. And I'm like, you know, that will be cool for a little tiny show. A couple months later when I'm like, Hey, we're doing it. Like, like, let's go. They're like, hang on. We may have some news in a week. Week rolls around. They take me to this big empty lot. They go, this is ours. We want a stage. Do you have lights? Do you have this? I'm like, I can get it. <laughs> like that was it. Um, so for the show, um, it's family friendly. We want everybody and anybody to come. Uh, grandmas, great grandmas, ancient ancestors, everybody can come and experience just some live music, some friendly faces. Um, and at the show, uh, again, the album's only 10 songs long. How can we do a concert? We're going to have some unreleased singles that will be for the next album, um, which looking to be next year, but, you know, fingers crossed on it, maybe a little sooner, but we're going to have some new unreleased music. Uh, we have a big, big LED board like that's going to be flashing. So again, it's not just like, like a bar gig. It's not just going to like, you know, chemo and playing for eight hours, you know, people are going there for you. So it's a little bit, different mindsets like you people are here because of you now it's time not to let them down and it's like you know just getting people and marketing it's been it's been weird like it's the different side of music that no one really talks about it's like the grind of 
hey, go and shop the shop. Like in a mall, I had the opportunity to go to the stores, but then it's like getting people all know around me and then like, hey, we know people that financially can't do it. We're like, hey, just, you know, just come, just come. We want you there. It's going to be a great event. Um, and yeah, besides, you know, me, two great other local Houston acts that definitely deserve a spotlight. And that's so exciting, man. Um, and you said you have or you have not worked with these other two bands before? Um, I haven't worked with them, but like uh, Stereo Cult, when they had their album release party at White Swan, um, I went and supported and, you know, it was it was great. Like, they were great. And But the thing is, they were there with other acts going mm. on, on and off, and I wanted to see them. Um, uh, Aubrey actually came to my listening party for my second single, The Drive. And when she came, I'm like, hey, you're a musician. Like, she told me, I'm like, okay, enough about trying to figure out who I am. I want to know about you. You hear my music. You know what I'm about. Let's hear your stuff. And we actually played it at my listening party for her, and everyone around loved it. And the only issue is, again, that I think other bands really fail at is marketing, pushing yourself. I had around 100 followers before I even released my song. You got to just put yourself out there. Like, when people get to know, like, hey, I'm Brett, they also know music for sad people. I'm about music. If you're not going to listen to my link, you know, if you're not going to just respond or you don't have to like it, you can tell me, hey, it's awful. Just give it a listen. Tell me what you think. Um, three minutes. Stop listening to the same four bands and try me out, you know? Seriously, though. Seriously, though. You don't know what you're going to miss if you don't give it a chance. Yeah, and that's something uh, my father actually instilled in me at a young age. He goes, if you like one song by them, get the album. You're guaranteed to like two songs. After that, I found so many great indie bands. And it's like, Laney actually went to one of their first shows, and they were in a bar in L.A. And I listened to their EP. I'm like, yeah, I like these guys. All of a sudden, they're traveling and touring, doing world tours now. It's like, I got to meet those guys. I got to literally bullshit with these guys after their show and they're like yeah man we're trying to put an album together and i'm like man that to see that and again i was i was a teenager like i was like really like oh my god these guys are legends and now i'm kind of doing the same thing where it's like i'm putting the first show out there they had nobody interested in them when they put their album out and then it got them there and you know that was just again just listen to local music you know, everyone knows who Metallica is. No one knows about Stereo Cult, who's, you know, putting out an album, who's going to these shows, who you can talk to after the show. They they're, they don't care about the money. They just want to know, hey, what did you like of the music? You know, they'll bring people free to their shows and stuff like that and give away their album for free. You know, other guys, which again, they deserve their due, but they already have their record deal. They already got paid to be on the show. These guys are probably getting like 300 bucks from the bar at most, just to see your reaction, you know? You bring a very good point, you know? Like, uh, it's not to say that we don't appreciate these people like Metallica and Beyonce and things like that. You know, of course, we like their music and they bring us, you know, wonderful memories. But live events, man, you know, like some of these local bands you may not find on Spotify and YouTube as easily. But if you go to these live shows, you know, where you know local acts are going to be there, you run into some incredible, incredible bands. Yeah, most definitely. Um, and again, like when I met Stereo Cult, uh, I met the leader of them, uh, Brandon. He's like, yeah, you can find yourself on Bandcamp. I'm like, what's Bandcamp? I was so confused. I'm like, what is Bandcamp? 
And then we started talking, I'm like, yeah, you might want to try SoundCloud. Like it's free, more people know about it. Um, if you can, you know, get a distributor, get on, you know, Spotify. And he's like, oh yeah, well, Bandcamp's for people to support it. I'm like, I get that, man. You got to give them a little something for free for people just to kind of start buying into you. And when, I, when they, they sent me a couple of their demos and I'm, I mean, I, I call it like vampire rock and it's really cool. It's really groovy. Um, and again, they're going to be one of the openers of the first ones on actually at the show. And I'm telling them like, Hey, can you play that a little bit? So I look better. <laughs> no, but they're, 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 they're phenomenal. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. I am so excited. I'm so excited. Um, and so you've been networking with some Houston bands, you know, and groups, and that's wonderful. So have you been networking a lot with anyone outside of Houston, like in Austin, Dallas? Um, I actually know a guy named uh, Sam Fries. Um, he is an, uh, actually a California uh, musician, kind of like lo-fi rap, indie rock. And we met because he really vibed with Big Loud. And he messaged, he, like, he direct messaged me on uh, SoundCloud, which... I was confused. I didn't know you could do that. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, okay. And then we uh, switched, you know, um, we got started talking on Instagram and stuff like that. And I ended up giving him like a repost on there and he got like a thousand streams uh, from his song. And I'm like, that's great. That's really great. I couldn't get any of the bands that I knew here to you know really do it. And I was just like, okay, like people like you, you make good music. Um, and again, like, this is the middle where COVID's still really bad over there. And so trying to get him over here in time for the show was still kind of like iffy. Um, and of course, unfortunately, we can't just yet. But, you know, this is only the first show. I do plan on doing many more. And I do want to have him aboard because he's a great musician. Because, I mean, he goes to his job. He goes to school. He, he goes home to his parents. He does all the stuff. He's really dedicated to music. And that's something I can really get behind. It's like, everyone just hears the music. No one hears the nine to five to pay the bills and to whatever extra scraps you have to go to the studio, put down and record. He's one of those guys that will do it all, all the time. So. <clears throat> yes. And that, when I saw, uh, well, actually I heard it first. Cause I went to, when I listened to the album, I was like, Oh man, he spent time making sure this sounded good. And then I saw the picture of wire rose. I was like, uh huh. <laughs> yeah, he spent time making sure meticulously, like splitting hairs, that mix was perfect. And that you're still ambitious to make it work even better. Bless you, honey. Bless you. Um, yeah, no, uh, me and my uh, me and my uh, engineer, Jeffers, we uh, we almost went to blows a couple times. I'm not, we're, we're, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> you know, it, it's going to make the biopic in 20 years look really cool when we, you know, throw guitars at each other. But uh, <laughs> I mean, because we did it in three studio sessions. Like, wow. So uh, two of them were eight <laughs> hours. One of them was six hours. So when it was time to mic up everything, I remember I brought pizza and he's like, get it out of there right now. Get it, get it out, get it out. No, you put it in the, I'm like, I'm like, can you say it please? And like, think we were like fixing to gouge each other. And then like, when it came to like big loud, he was like, yeah, I think we should go this direction. I go, no, 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 no. This is where you're wrong. He goes, no, you're wrong. And like, we were, it, it was like really <laughs> oh, at yeah. each other's throats. Yeah. And, um, and again, like you're going to have that, you know, you're around someone so often, but again, I view him like a brother. Um, he's off doing his you know, own thing. He's a great, you know, sound engineer. He goes to do -Si do Lucky Run Studio, Wire Road. He is, he is the guy in Houston. He's becoming, you know, something of a local legend. 
um, amongst our groups. And again, like when I, when we, when he called me, he goes, I already know you're going to want to do it better. I don't already know how do you want to do a deluxe version? Cause I have some ideas. And I go, yes, I definitely do want to do a deluxe version. Um, and I told him, I go, you know, if you know, the album hits a certain amount, which it crushed in five hours. Cause I remember I didn't sleep that night. I remember I, we, when we hit send, he went to sleep cause he was exhausted. He was doing like, I think he did like 12 hours of mixing in one day. Oh my goodness. And we're calling back and forth. We're texting back and forth. I'm on my phone, like a school, school girl, like, Oh my God. Oh, <laughs> like, oh my God. He texted me. Yes. <laughs> you know? Um, and it was like, anytime we had a new song, it was like, everybody stopped what we're doing in the house. We listened and we're like, like, I'm talking like you could hear a pin drop in the house. Even our cats who never shut up, shut up. <laughs> you know, Aww. like they, they knew, they knew like, this is important. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm with these guys. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like immediately, like it, for a while we were like not on the same page, but now like it's been smooth sailing. And like our last eight hour studio sh- session, we're watching March Madness as we have our drummer just slaving away. And it was hot. There was no AC in there. You know, he's drumming away and he... He's like, did you like that one? We're like, hey, uh, you want to do it again? <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, we, you're five minutes ahead of time. Let's uh, let's go ahead and get another run. And he's just looking like looking at me with drenched, like a sweat drop from his nose. Oh. And it was like almost like whiplash to movie. And I almost went in there and started slapping him like not my tempo, just just to have some fun. <laughs> but yeah, no. Uh, again, we uh, you know we had a time. We definitely had a budget. All of us work day jobs. Um. And to get everyone there on time was just a headache in itself. Like our guitarist, he couldn't make it. Like he was supposed to. He said, he's like, yeah, I'm going to try. A couple hours and he goes, hey, I'm not going to be able to make it. So it's like, mm, okay. So we had to schedule something to get it. Like, so we, uh, like I think it was uh, Fete um, and Big Loud. We just did a direct in at our home setup and played. And of course, so I like that live amp sound. I love live amp sounds but we do what we had to and again just gives it more more depth and more meaning if, if i'm being honest oh yeah no i definitely felt like each song had its own personality its own tone like uh, you know and i mean it's not a genre that i listen to commonly but i mean it's not about the genre is it you know what i'm saying mm, yeah. it's about the, the the music and how it makes you feel you know uh so and uh, so you you call it somewhat emo Tumblr grunge esque, but I mean, what do you feel that it is to you? What do you um, think is most important about the music? About the music itself, I guess you know, ignore the band name a little bit. Um, like the drive, that's that's post punk. You know, Big Loud is West Coast indie rock. Uh, no one can change her, which. The deluxe version is going to be almost a different song, just like how Big Loud was. Um, that's like, like Jesse's Girl, almost. That kind of like mid two thousands rock kind of feel. Fete feels more like you know grooving, not like super dancing, but like you know you're moving your, your shoulders, your hips. You've had a, you know you had a couple shots. You're feeling good. Um, stuck on you. Uh, it that's like I want to cry in my shower. Like you know that's that piano. Um, by your side, that acoustic, just, it kind of has that folky sound, wish I could, which we'll have an electric version for the deluxe. Um, that's folk. That's folk music. That's, you know, uh, Midwest. Uh, and again, like I just, we put in like, kind of like 
this is what people will categorize it. That's what it is. But I mean, the goal is to kind of be genreless. And I know like every musician kind of says that and it takes them a while to kind of hit all the genres, but we have rock, we have post-punk, we have uh, folky music. Eventually I want to do gospel style music as, you know, and then do some type of like modern day jazz. Um, and again, country, uh, like you and I were talking before we went on is country is emo just on the opposite side of things. I'm going to die here with this, with a happy face. Emo is I'm going to die here with a sad face. Um, so I, I want to really do everything, but when it comes to like, Hey, what are you? It's like, I mean, my Mohawk, wear black nails, wear all black. Okay. I'm emo, you know? Um, but if people want to ask, like, it's rock, like everything about that, it, it's rock, you know, uh, I think rock is limitless, you know, rock is, I mean, it's, it rocks on a comeback and, you know, punk, post-punk, especially like MGK, like his last two albums were post-punk and it's reviving the, uh, you know, the genre, which again, I know MGK is kind of controversial. People hate him, people love him, but no matter what, he's bringing what people loved in music back. If you don't like a song, doesn't matter. People might listen to you now because it's now cool again. So, but my thing is, is just ignore the name. If you like a song, groove with it. Because, you know, I make I make music I'm a fan of. Not necessarily everyone's going to like every single song I make. But, you know, listen to the ones that you do and just give it a chance. That's the most important thing is to just, just give it a chance. Okay? Well, thank you so very much for joining us today. Uh, thank you so much for having me. Like, it was very much my pleasure <laughs> i mean it, it is my pleasure you know i like I, i'm like i was telling you before we went on i'm a big music head you know like anything you know lady gaga bone thugs dolly parton gojira i've seen them all you know like and you know it's just a pleasure i, I mean again like uh this is kind of like the first music recipe people interview i'm doing like uh and again like it was very much like, thank you for having us on. Thank you for really checking out the album and everything like that. Like, I'm really glad you listened to it the way you did. Like, as an artist, that makes me feel all warm inside, so. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I was blown away by the quality and, you know, like the engineering, but, you know, the emotion behind it. I was really blown away. And if you guys are not, you know, doing anything important, you know, saving the world, you know, from uh, Avengers or whatever kind of superheroes, <laughs> You need to check out Music for Sad People's self-titled album, which is now streaming on all platforms. All right. Well, thank you guys so very much for listening this week. And do not forget to go and see him live with a bunch of other local Houston artists on June 10th. And we're going to post the details in the comments. Thank you guys and have a good week.